On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. May your Christmas be full of mashed potato and cookies. Wing comes in for Leeson, short-handed. Leeson, look out! Put up, had him lined up and just missed it. It's him. a double Dion. Now the defenseman falls. Here comes Crosby and Crosby drives. Because that's off the same rebound. Perry for Bergeron scores! It's a beauty! And it's a 4-1 lead! Schrader intercepts. And Reeves that looks in front. Wilson, all alone in front. Backhand Schultz! Unbelievable by Tokarski! He took that right away, a sure goal! Dunstan Tokarski says, oh no you don't! Wow! Ellis knocks it down. They battle on the wall for it. Ellis in there as well. Boy Chuck looking for it. Tavares pulls it out. Tavares backhand towards the goal. Loose puck. Everybody scores! Can you believe it? I can because of the fact that who did the puck and look at the Russian body language now. They're crushed. Tavares had to step up and make a magical play. The crowd loves it. Tavares is magical play. In comes Tavares. Walks in. Reach scores. Tavares again. Karen is back in it. And in comes Taves. Taves. Shoot scores. Taves to give Canada the lead. In comes Taves. Shoot scores. He's two for two in the shootout. In he comes again. Simone scores. That music can only mean one thing. It is that special time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, as the, uh, the commercials always say. The annual 2021 Tall Can Audio World Junior Preview Show. I should have put 2021 somewhere else in that phrase. How's it going tonight, man? Cue the Andy Williams. Did you know that was Andy Williams? Andy Williams. Sorry. No. It's a Simpsons thing. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's who. Branson, Missouri. (laughs) Somebody out there will be enjoying that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're hitting the. I am not the Simpsons aficionado. At least you give me the courtesy laugh when uh, Jackie Beck was on a few months ago, and I hit him with one or two. He just totally dogged me like deadpan, total silence for a couple seconds. He goes, "You want to talk Simpsons? Have Lloydie on. Otherwise, let's yeah or Mendes. (laughs) Yeah." Yeah, and so 
Sorry, young and uh, I didn't think he was gonna play Moon River, but bam, second encore. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it, man. That's the AJ. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry. It's uh, I'm like, okay, my, what am I missing here? Lots Nothing. of stuff. Lot, no, missing. you're missing a ton of stuff. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin Audio, Facebook.com slash Talkin Audio. Hope you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. This is a Christmas Eve tradition like no other. Man, how are you tonight? I am probably third eggnog in. Yeah. Yeah. Good to go. I love a little, but it's got to be spice rum. Ah, there would have been a day. There would have been a day when I took a run at somebody for their space for their spice rum. But <laughs> I thought you took a run at them because you'd had too much spice rum. <laughs> fill in the blank, Matt. <laughs> Make the story your own, however yeah. it is. But um, yeah, with a nice little uh, fresh nutmeg grated on top. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, man! And and locally, Farm Boy, the best eggnog comes in the glass bottles. Okay, so. If you're if you're in for that, it's good for fighting with later. <laughs> so you know you know you know what I always say. I'll smash this bottle and cut you with it. That's that's it's it's perfect. I'm relieved that's all you said with it. Um, <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I'm feet from the tree. Yep. The lights are on. It's stockings it's, are hung with care. Close, close yep. by the chimney with care. Yeah, yeah. In hopes that Saint Nick soon would be there. Yeah, you man. better be, you fat bastard. <laughs> We've been through some shit this year. Bring, <laughs> bring me my shit. <laughs> that guy goes down a million chimneys, and it's okay. I peek in one window, yeah, and it's against ah! the law. Yeah, no. Predator. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. carrying a, a one of those signs outside my front door for the rest of my life. Um, Man. We have reached another World Junior season. That means we've, of course, reached another Christmas Eve. It's been a rocky road to get here. I did listen back to our 2020 edition of this show. We were gearing up for uh, a World Junior that was going to be in empty arenas. Things were uh, looking bleak. It had been tough just to get through to Christmas. And we were universally optimistic that by this time this year, when we would do the 2021 edition of the show, this shit would be a distant memory. It's it's a far too recent memory as we sit here now. But uh, Christmas Eve, man, we've reached another holiday season. How pumped are you for this year's edition of the tournament? Or has it been kind of overshadowed by everything else going on? It's the unknown. Yeah. Right? As we continue to roll through this, it just becomes... Yeah, I was positive with vaccination not tested comes, positive just feeling positive i have not tested positive and i for am, this at least yeah <laughs> nothing like a little one of those little <laughs> straw cleaning wire brushes Yee. right right in the end of your willy yeah um, clean behind your ears yeah the straw brush to others you never know what santa might check tonight clean up the pipe yeah um <laughs> pipe <laughs> Um, Look at this ambitious. Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah. I'm always fired up. I uh, I know there was a, a couple of years back on the pod there. I was at a bit of a lull. Yeah. Um, I, it's not where I was when I was in my 20s, probably. Right. I loved it, you know. But uh, I always it's to me it is is still. And I'm living with a 13 year old who cried with the uh, gold medal loss last year, who is totally fired up. For this year's tournament, so lots of us um, cried, man. It's okay. 
Yeah, I, I haven't <laughs> cried since I was four, I think. So we're <laughs> that, what a liar. That wire brush you're talking about, it's going to bring a tear or two to the eyes. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not wrong, Matt. There's, been, there's actually been many tears shed, but, you know, the, the blues ain't nothing but a good man feeling down. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I might be going through the lull, and I think it's, I think maybe partly reasonable, right? We're all feeling a little lulled on a few things, but the last couple of years, I'm still looking forward to it. I, I still believed if you asked me to sit down and pick my favorite sporting event of the year, it would probably be this. But each time we do it, I, I especially the last couple of years, this one and, and the year previous, you're kind of like, I don't know, right? <laughs> like if this is a great idea or not, but uh, we're here, we're doing it uh, and we're teeing it up. So obviously we're just going to get the hell over that and... <laughs> And run well, right it, through it, but and really, to me, the like is this the 2022 version? Yes, yeah. this is the this is the 2022 World Juniors. The 2021 version, although I haven't listened back to last year's, I think we went into it with high hopes, with nothing but first round draft picks. There was, yeah, the idea. NHL wasn't playing until a few weeks later, so in theory, basically everyone that should be available was available. Uh-huh. Send Kirby Doc off there to miss half of his NHL season with the uh, yeah. injuries. injuries. Yeah, and, and I think that team left us all with a bit of a yeah, they had all the skill and all this, but they, they seemed to lack some jam and some cohesiveness and, and were never really were never really pushed. And then when it came time to get pushed, they came up Got short, pushed over, which, which is interesting when you look at the two different divisions for this year. So when we get into that later, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's certainly an interesting, the, the composition of this year's team, as well as the, as the two different divisions are, are, are very starkly different divisions. So, well, you're not kidding there. Um, so it sounds like you have gone with a an eggnog beverage here, but this is our Christmas Eve edition of the show, which also brings us to uh, the end of this year's craft beer advent calendar. So I've got that sitting in front of me. Um, and I did have to uh, to reach ahead and ask for a bit of a spoiler there from, uh, from our friend over at... From the man, yep. Uh, to help us make this happen. But uh, today's beer, man, the Christmas Eve beer, the final beer in this year's edition of the craft advent calendar comes from the Nita beer company. And it is one that if you happen to catch our conversation at, uh, the very end of November, as the calendar was getting started, we had Andy Nita in here and, uh, he brought a few things for us to sample on. And one of them, especially if you've been following us on our, uh, our social media, our Instagram at tall can audio, it was an unlabeled can, right? He wasn't willing to give too much away, but he did tell us what we were sipping on at the time. And that is the final beer in, uh, in this calendar tears of a Sasquatch. It's a stout, a coconut stout, kind of a cross between the perfectum, which I know you and I both enjoy, uh, they're the stout there from Nita but adding that coconut flavor from the uh, Mr. Brown has gone coconuts, added a little something to it there and uh, kind of put it together instead of being a brown ale, kind of mixed it into this stout. Like I said, we talked about it on that episode. And uh, so that's what I'm sitting here with tonight is the final day, the final pint from the uh, the craft beer advent calendar, the tears of a Sasquatch. Did, did he make that? And he can, he can say whatever, but I, I, I think he must have made that with you in mind. I'd it's like really- to think... 
it's really blending a couple of your favorite things yeah. all, all into one. Tears of a Robinson, which can be seen <laughs> all over the place, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, I, I, I think, you know, the very early days of the podcast when we were sort of, we hadn't yet totally zeroed in on the craft beer thing as much as just beer, right? Beer. There's a lot of harp and stuff like that going yeah. on as we were doing the first... And then, uh, yeah, we were headed up to the cottage one weekend and hit Nita before we went and, um, yeah, grabbed the Perfectum, grabbed the Mr. Brown. And here we are a few years later. And I don't know if he really did anything more than just, I'm going to pour this into that and see what happens. And maybe I should have tried that, uh, quite a while ago, but that's what this one is. It's, uh, like I said, a, a coconut stout. So I'm all in, man. And anybody who's, who's listened for any length of time is, um, that Mr. Brown goes coconut was not a, a favorite of mine, but that, that, that weekend up at the cottage, I had some lone wolf McQuaid, I think was, uh, some of the, some of the perfectum. I had, I had a bunch of different stuff, but I did not go in for the Mr. Brown until, until we got out on the party boat and then we're sort of cruising around at low speed around the lake. And I got my sort of feet dangling off the back and I'm, and it was hot as hell. You finished your own, uh, pints and finished whatever I had in the thing behind and I'm like, me here. And what's Mac got? Oh, I'll take a couple of these, Mr. Brown. And honestly, chef's kiss. Yeah. It was the perfect moment. A probably six or seven beers deep Yeah, and hot and somebody else's beer. So <laughs> a minute or two later, Matt reaches down to see what Matt's got left and Hey, what happened? <laughs> well, I swear I had one more of these. <laughs> it was two more. Matt, Matt would have swear he had two more. Yeah. Yeah. I tucked the other one up my, uh, up the shorts I'm leg. Keeping that. So, yeah. yeah. You can keep Which, that. That's, yeah. Uh, why don't we kind of talk? Do you remember your first kind of like, uh, you know, we all would have seen games here and there. Do you remember like, uh, the era, at least, uh, even if not a, a year, where this was a start to finish. I'm watching every bit of this kind of thing, where it became a big deal for you. It would be the year after the punch up in Piastani, okay. which, I, which I believe was '87. Yeah. Um, I, I have. It, it seems like it's it's burned in my mind, but I can't say as how I saw any of those games. Right? It just sort of seems like. Um, so probably 88 mm -hmm. is probably when it really came into, um, on my radar. And, and then I would suggest by the early nineties and that, and that run, that run of, of sort of five straight with, you know, the, the Slaney, the, um, Josh Dwayne Norris, right. Right. That, that sort of era of, of world juniors is sort of where it, it really, and, and back in those days, they played them on Christmas day. Yeah. And so to me, it was, it was awesome as a, you know, I'm, I'm 19, 20, 21, I'm living on my own. And so not always making it home for Christmas. And so those are things that, yeah, you really sort of start to build your own traditions separate from your family traditions yep. and the world juniors on Christmas day was, was really something for me. And I find I miss it now. Right. Well, it's the Christmas day games. You mean? Yeah. The Christmas day games for sure. Yeah. I can remember, I couldn't tell you exactly what year it was, but it is interesting being, you know, about 10 years younger than you that I would have said kind of late nine, 97, 98 for me is when I started to, so kind of similar aged and, um, there was a Christmas day game. I can remember it, the tournament was over in Europe. And I think it, it sounds stupid, but I'm pretty sure they were playing France 
which you know is one of those teams that pops up every now and then, won the the B division and then and then got to the top level or something. And they were playing that at like 10 a.m. Christmas Day. We're sort of done our Christmas festivities, and I want to put this on. And they, of course, just beat the living piss out of France, um, 12 to 1 or something like that. And I can remember my mom giving me, she's like, why are we watching this? Like, why do we have the TV on during Christmas morning to watch this merciless beatdown of some French kids who, <laughs> like, because it's fun, mom. Like, this yeah. is. But, Winning, mom, is fun. Yeah. This is the only time I'm going to get to enjoy that. So to me, it's more of a. It's that sort of generation. We use these names all the time. The ones that the Rico Fadas, right? The Daniel Kachucks, right? Those late the 90s. Angelo Esposito. Right. Who would come along a little later. But to me, those guys scream late 90s. Yep. World Junior. And that's when I'm sort of starting to get into it. I think it was Luongo in 99. In Winnipeg? Yeah. That's the era where I'm getting hooked on this thing. And, you know, it's. Damn, damn you, Kovalchuk. Yeah said that a time or two, but in 99, even like, it's funny to think about now it's an NHL city and maybe I'm showing a little disrespect, but your non NHL cities are hosting it. Right. And, and Winnipeg had already shown they could be an NHL city and they would be again. Could but, they? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, um, you know, that's sort of the era that when it's in Canada, those are the sorts of markets. A few years later, we would be in Halifax. I know you have memories from that. We can get into. We did Red Deer in the '90s, like those sorts of junior hockey hotbeds. And then when you would go to the Czech Republic, there'd be like nine people in the stands for any game that wasn't a, a Czech Republic game. And this thing hadn't really caught on yet. But that's the era where I'm starting to to sort of get into it. And Sorry, man. Go no, ahead. go. I'm done. That's it. Take it. Okay. And and it's funny because when you think of Christmas, when I think of Christmas as a young kid, right? Um, when I was really young, I I had to go to church Christmas Eve some years, not on that every year, right? And and it's dark and it's it's very not solemn, but it's quiet and it's like heavy snow. You get that real Christmas feel to it. And to me, the those those European tournaments, especially in the nineties, they're they're sort of the more special ones. It's mm-hmm. like it's like the Canadian ones are like big and they pop and they're the, the arenas are jammed and and but I have this memory of and, and I, I want to say 97, 98, Joe Thornton is like a 17 or an 18 year old. Right. And it's so it's in Vienna or it's in Prague or it's in Zurich. It's it's somewhere over there. He's talking about, yeah, we went to see a glass blower and see how that's all done. And it's like, it's just Joe Thornton, yeah. but he's, he's 18 and he's got his big shaggy head of hair and he's got a Team Canada toque pulled down on it. And, and the interview is outside in like a park somewhere. And, but it's like those it's where quaint. you get, yeah. And you get to see these, these, these superstar kids who are just goofy kids still. Right. For the most part. And, and, and that's so Joe Thornton at that time. Right. Uh, just this sort of affable character. and Well, one of the things lo- that I remember, this would be over a decade later, maybe 2010, 2011, and it's got nothing to do with who was on the team or the kids, but TSN ran a feature on the, the chef, who I think was from Calgary. They always take their own guy with yeah. them to make meals in Europe so that the kids, you know, you're not dealing with different... Bors! Sure, whatever it might be. No, they want to keep your dietary habits the same, and they'll ship over food, and they have what. And, you know, one of the questions that they asked him at the end of the feature was like, what's something you were surprised how often you made? And he 
he wasn't trying to be an asshole at all. Like the way I'm going to say it is unfair. He's being very friendly in the way he says, he goes, I could make these kids anything they want. I could make them any kind of steak. I know how to do this and that sort of pasta and this sort of whatever. And he goes, I have made more goddamn grilled cheese since I got here. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am a trained chef, but on boxing day or Christmas day or whatever at heart, they're still just 17, 18 year old kids and they want a grilled cheese sandwich for lunch or breakfast. To me, those are the sorts of things that we forget in this tournament where they look like pros when they step on the ice but their kids away from home on Christmas and this classically trained chef is making grilled cheese. Hey, and Sheffy, leave the Gruyere and the apple slices out of my grilled cheese too, buddy. I don't need any of that. Yeah, no, don't be fr- don't be trying to like... To, 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 don't French it up. Don't French it up, dirt boy. Yeah, no, uh, I love that story, man. I'll never forget reading. And he's grinning the whole time. Like I said, he's not trying to be condescending. He's just like, I can't believe I'm here to make grilled cheese sandwiches for these kids. So. Right. Well, you're, you're there. Your job is to keep it local, yep. is to keep it regular and to keep them regular. Make them feel at home and comfortable and yeah, keep yeah. them regular. Is a good I don't need, I don't need any paprika soup or a, no, no yeah, none of this. I'm a 17 year old kid. Yeah. <laughs> Who likes mashed potatoes and cookies. Yeah. Nice. Who doesn't man? Oh, I, May I, your I, Christmas be drink. full of mashed potato and cookies. Yeah. Give it to me, man. Yeah. Give it to me. Um, one of the ones that stands out to me, why don't we talk just briefly here on, because uh, it, it does stand out to me because it was at home and it, I don't know, you look at all the names that was on, that were on this team, all of them super recognizable, but not a ton that ever went on to become superstars. You were at the 03 tournament in Halifax. Um, was that the new arena yet or was that the old barn still? Do you remember? In Halifax? Yeah. When did the new arena come in? Well, that's what I'm asking you. It's oh, no, this is the, it, so 03 was still an old barn. Okay, that so that's point. the metro center, then downtown. Absolutely, in, right downtown at the metro center. So you at the time you have family out east, so you're spending the holidays out there, and you end up like basically just hanging out all day. Sometimes watching, you know, three games what, a day, whatever it might be, Kazakhstan versus the Czechs or something. Yeah. Those yeah. are the ones that I, I I've always kind of glorified this tournament as for myself, like that I would just spend the day at the rink to me watching that at the air Canada center, which they've started doing over the last little or at the, whatever the hell it's called Rogers arena. Out and it feels different than these classic hockey barns. Like you saw it as like, what do you take? What do you remember from, from your time watching that particular tournament that, like I said, had a ton of recognizable names, but not a ton of guys that went on to be superstars. Right. So that was in, in the, uh, for anybody who's local to Ottawa, that the old Metro center, was very much like the Civic Center in terms of it had a very tight lower bowl right? where that was the majority of the seats, right? So you were tight to the ice. Then there was sort of an upper section on the one side in between the blue lines, right? But in an arena that sat 10-5, right? I was on the corners. Um, My memories of that were, yeah, going to to see games between the Czech Republic and Germany at – 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Can't miss it, man. Everyone else at work. There's maybe 300 people in the (laughs) arena. Um, And it was awesome, Mm -hmm. right? The 50-50 for the Canada games were getting like Alberta-style huge. You couldn't get, like people couldn't get enough of them. Um, I'm right on the corner and I'm sitting in in absolute scout alley, right? So I'm for the- Giving your opinions to the- 
Winnipeg well, or the uh, whatever yeah, it might be. Okay, so at, at one point, I'm sitting next to Tom Rennie, who's, oh, who's, okay, there, yeah. who's there representing the Rangers. Right. Uh, right in front of me, I had a really good conversation with Marshall Johnson. Sends, yeah. Yeah, but at that time was working for the Blackhawks. Oh, he okay. left the Sens. But I, but he's just sitting there, and I'm like, I think that's Marshall Johnson. Yeah. And I, and I reached forward, and I tapped him on the shoulder, and I'm like, the Yashin trade? Best thing ever, <laughs> right? <laughs> Anyways, and so good guy, man. He turned around, and we probably had a 15-minute conversation. Right. Just, just about hockey, and then it turned into, he's like, well, where in Ottawa are you from? And I'm sure. like, I'm in Blossom Park. And he's like, oh, my – my mother-in-law in Blossom. Anyways, and so yeah. great guy, great guy. And so to me, I'm in the I'm in the sweet seats and and seeing a shit ton of hockey. Right. Right. And and that is that world junior that was dominated by a, a bunch of things, a bunch of different Canadian players, right? But you had the three leaf defensemen, right? We talked about that before. Koliakovo, Bell, and and Ian White, I think. Yep. Um, but it was the future it, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was Heaven Mark on, it was Mark Andre Fleury in goal mm-hmm. who was a superstar. The golden pads. Yeah, and then the other guy it, uh, from that tournament who who couldn't go anywhere without being recognized. They chanted his name was Jordan Tutu. Right. You, you'd see the yes. you'd see you'd see the flags flying everywhere, and uh, and he was a real celebrity yeah right and so to me that's an ovechkin are, tournament too is it not that is like a 16 or a 17 year old ovechkin as well yeah so um yeah to me a great tournament that, that canadian team had Derek roy was on that team uh, i want to say uh, brad boys brad boys yeah like eric stall uh, i think was on that team i can't remember eric stall but i'm not going to dispute it yeah I believe that's, uh, there's a story in uh, one of James Duthie's books where he's talking about, and it just happens to coincide with this term, but he's talking about times where you immediately cringe after you say something on the air or go, ah, oh, like that's, go-. so there is a, uh, they're throwing to a commercial break during a Team Canada game and it's Brad Boys who is skating towards the glass after scoring a goal and he's got his arms outstretched and he's screaming as he's about to like chest bump against the glass. And Gino Retta, unfortunately, uses the term, here's Brad Boys coming in your face all day. <laughs> like, oh, that sounds like something I'd like to avoid. <laughs> bang, 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 over the pieces. Oh, uh, please stop, Brad Boys. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Never again. Thank right. You. But there's a few guys on that, um, on that team like that I – when you look back at it, that never went on to become huge stars, but that all kind of went on to have, like, I think Rafi Torres might've been on that team. Like there, there's some names like that. Um, that that's to me, again, I said, I sort of started watching the tournament. I did in the late nineties, but you know, your memory starts to set in as you get a bit, you know, I'm around the same age as those kids. And, uh, you know, that that's sort of the, the time frame that, that we're getting into the tournament here. As we sort of look forward a bit, oh, even just, just, just a second, just a second. It and and being there, the real, the flavor of that tournament in a in a in a non-Canadian way was was the Finns, right? And I'm not sure if you remember they had their they had their three-headed monster that was and coming you, in your face all day, all day long. <laughs> 
they were more they were more backdoor creatures. Okay. I, I, I firmly believe. Do you, do you remember that? Can I, I can I? I don't at all. No, I. I oh three. Tuomo, Tuomo Rutu. Okay, yeah, okay. Kari Leitinen mm. and some other guy. Oh, the goalie, Kari Leitinen. I was thinking of Yuri Leitinen, but he'd already yeah, won no, a cup no, or two. Yeah, the, 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 goal, the goalie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Tuomo Rutu, and I can't remember who the defenseman was, but they were they were returning players, hmm. and they were really good the year before in 02, and and they sort of, uh, Canada handled them fairly easily in the round robin, and then they sort of never were heard from again. But they were all the talk coming into that tournament. I remember the Tuomo Rutu hype for sure uh, yeah. around that era. And then we're only at that point a year or two away from the, the Grand Forks team, which, man, cemented everything, right? Being that close to Winnipeg when they hold that tournament in North Dakota. Plus, it's the, the big full-season lockout. So there's been a ton of talk, and... You know, there's been other lockout tournaments. There's been other, I guess now COVID. Like there was talk going into last year that maybe this will be the best team Canada ever, right? Like anytime the NHL is not fully up and running, you have those sort of conversations. Um, But that Grand Forks team is maybe one of the most memorable ones. And it all stems from that 03 draft, I guess, right? Like the people talk about being so loaded and... Team Canada's blue line is is, is Shea Weber and, and still a dominant Dion Phaneuf at the time. You have Bergeron and Crosby and Corey Perry and Jeff Carter and Ryan Getzlaff and like Mike Richards, I believe, was on that team. And the, the list goes on and on. I believe, now you and I, we do this every time, I can't remember, was that the year with my goalie who didn't make it or your goalie who didn't make it? Was that the Jeff Glass year or was that the um, Justin Pogge year? I think that's Jeff Glass in goal. Jeff, Jeff Glass. You talking about uh, North Dakota's? Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah, that is Jeff Glass. So and the I next year is Pogi, and neither of them turn or, into. Or, or I thought, I thought the next year was Kelly Gard, who was mm. also a senator. In pick. Vancouver, for sure, it was Pogi was the starter, and that was okay. the next year. But okay, anyway. so sorry. Anyways, that's that to me is there was there was a couple of back to back senators yes. goalies, Gard okay. and Glass, and neither one of them ever ever <laughs> panned out. Uh, much like Pogi. Yeah. Too bad, too bad that Rask guy didn't Whoops. turn into something more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, man. Let's yeah, yeah, sir. Let's, <laughs> let's be kind. And, and that 03 thing, and, I, and I've, I know I've told this story before, but all the talk in 03 was about this, this young whippersnapper from Cole Harbor who was, who was volunteering to work in the Canadian change room at that time. Right. Right. A young Sidney Crosby. And they were like, the world is going to hear. The world is going to know when you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Everybody has that story, right? But there was a like honestly a full page in the sports page devoted to Sidney Crosby, who would have been 15, I believe, at the time. And uh, yeah, well, who knew? Whatever happened to that kid? Well, yeah, and, and you know what? My memories, like I said, as we move forward to Grand Forks, like that was the year they knocked Ovechkin out of the gold medal game. Like that's one of the times where it was on North American ice. Um, those, the small ice and the, 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 the building was full of Winnipeggers and Manitobans yeah, exactly. that had sold that tournament out for Canada games. That was one of the first times I really remember seeing that phenomenon, right? Like the U S smart enough to hold their, their hosting yeah. duties close to the border. And in that gold medal game, they knock Ovechkin out of the tournament at the time because I'm closer in age. I'm still a bit older, but I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy, right? Like, you're happy that you you knocked this kid. But at the same time, we are watching teenagers and, you know, 20 years removed now or 15 years removed. You wonder 
what you think about that sort of stuff, but he didn't play the third period. He's back out there without his shoulder pads on, standing with his team, not playing anymore. But that was a physical team, and it is really interesting when you look forward to Vancouver 2010 when Canada smashed the Russians there, how many of those names are the same? Well, and because you want to couple with that, I believe after the year after North Dakota was Vancouver. Yes. And Malkin did not come back in the third period of that right. game too. That was so, Milan Lucic and Jonathan Taves and Mark Stahl on that group. What, and I'm trying to think of what what's what the name of that Canadian, def- Luke Bourdon. Yeah. Also was on that team, yep. I believe. Um, and so, yeah, they, again, the pounding. And again, we all looked at it as they quit. Right. And well, especially the same Malkin. thing happened in the the US game that it was Jack Johnson and Phil Kessel. Fuck those guys, right? And you just run them out of the building in the in the New Year's Eve game and smashed them. Like Yes, guy. Good old fashioned junior <laughs> hockey at the time. Now you look back and you're like, really? We were trying to concuss 18 year olds and cheering when it happened. I don't know. It's a different world, but at the time you're loving it, right? Like Yeah, for sure, man. I make I make, I make no bones about it. No, that's I was right a, there too. Yeah. That's absolutely the case. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the ones that are fun. like, we've seen other good tournaments since, but it's well, become more corporatized and, you know, we've talked a bunch of times about splitting it between Montreal and Toronto and how that kind of impacted both, um, tournaments, right? Like I think the city of Montreal and the city of Toronto, I know for wrap their arms around those things more if I get the whole thing, right? But we've started right. to see these bigger NHL markets right. take these and and sort of well, start to split it so they could sell more tickets in both cities. And it's just sort of changed the whole dynamic of the thing. Right, But and the reality is, um, you know, Toronto has the gold medal game, which you're hoping to have Canada and the, and the Canadian division, and then Montreal gets the B pool. And by, by B pool, I just mean the team, the division that's not. So it's the opposite though, right? Like Toronto I, has the pool and then Montreal has the playoffs. Right. And all I'm saying is, the team that gets the non-Canadian, whatever it is, you you end up, it doesn't draw as well. Right. Until right? the playoffs, so, yeah. Right. If you look at Halifax, that year that it was there, they had Canada played in Halifax and the non-Canadian division played out in Cape Breton. Right. And so likewise here in Ottawa, Canada's division played at the CTC and the non got to keep the whole thing. The Canada yeah, round robin and the playoffs. Right. But the non-Canadian division was put downtown at, yep. at TD Place, yep. where the 67s play, and so a smaller venue. So, you know, your 1500 doesn't look quite as as you know, eyesore-ish there. No. And before you, before we move on, because this year it's in Edmonton and Red Deer. And Red Deer. Um, so again, sort of that same idea that you're going to put the sort of lesser attraction in a in a in a but, it, but in a junior hockey hotbed. But to me, it's different because Edmonton is getting both Canada in the round robin and the playoffs. Whereas Toronto got, and Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. And then they flipped halfway through, right? right? Like you get Canada in the round robin and then they're off to the other city for the, I'm not buying that. Well, and they were, they've clearly got to the point there where they thought there's such an insatiable appetite for this. We can just do whatever and people are going to support it. Right. And it's like, you went back to Buffalo too many times, right? It just sort of doesn't work. But before we move forward, the 09, I had a question for you. Hmm. 09 was Ottawa, yeah. 09 was Ottawa, and I went to a, a bunch of those games as yeah. well. Um, if I was to ask you, Matt, hmm. 
you know, we always like to, you know, you and I are as guilty as anybody who goes, yeah, if, if you were great in the world juniors, you're going to be great in the NHL. Oh, yeah. Like, I used to, are- like every year when I would build on the EA Sports, right, NHL 07, when I would be building my franchise, whatever, I would always circle back and be like, oh, I remember that guy from the world juniors. Like, he can play yeah. on my third pair of He's left defense, right? Like, I remember that <laughs> name, so you're in, buddy. You're obviously going to be a star. Yeah. So if I was to ask you, who the winningest goalie out of that tournament was? Is it not? In the, sorry, in the NHL. Oh, who? As, as, as they move forward into the NHL. Because Markstrom kind of, played for Sweden. Correct. Jakob Markstrom. So he's going to be the guy. He is the winningest goalie. Because Tukarski was playing for us. Tukarski and Chet Pickard. Nice. Uh, um, the U.S. had... Okay, but it's, it's, it's the second winningest goalie is really where I'm going from oh. this. Okay, yeah, but keep going. The I'm US try, I, was, I, I think I was going to say Jeff for Jack Frazee, but that was the, the year before in, in Lexand. I can't okay. remember who played goal for the U.S. I'm trying. Jonathan McCallum. Oh, yeah, okay. And, and Josh Eunice. It's McCallum who played that class of classic New Year's Eve game. New Year's Eve game. Yeah. Okay. So neither of those guys. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, you've uh, ever heard anything from since. Anyway, anyways, as you start to sort through the Czech team and the Slovaks, and you've gone through the Americans and the Canadians, and the you know you're starting where, where are Finns, where are we at here? Yeah. You look Is all the Philip way Grubauer? down. <laughs> Philip Grubauer. Is it really? Of the Germans. Nice. Okay. <laughs> good, good get, Matt. I just See? took a toss back. Who's probably about 10 years removed from. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Philip Grubauer was the starting goalie for, and not to be confused with your boy, Daniler Vadim Zalopi. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I had forgotten this year to even have that on the list. And for people who we've picked up along the way this year, every single year I ask Rob who was the goalie for Russia when Canada, you know, on the Everly goal and the shootout and whatever, and it is Chalobniak. Chalobniak. I, I had forgotten this year to even put it on the list. That is a huge oversight, but you've managed to slide him in here anyway. Okay, but good get on the Philip Phil Grubauer. <laughs> Incredible, eh? Yeah. That to me is is one of those games, and I'm at the time, you know. I, Grew up in Oshawa, so John Tavares is is starring. He may have already been traded to London. If not, it was like days after. Um, but I'm all in on that tournament because of him as much as anything else. And Canada's down 3 nothing on New Year's Eve. And I'm at the world's lamest New Year's Eve party. And I'm oh, sort of like... The one I was at. So I'm like... I'm trying to watch this game, but it sucks. Like, I'm not even interested. Canada's down 3 nothing, like 10 minutes in. The party sucks. And so you kind of are halfway between what, and then they got one back and then people started trickling in. Right. And, and yeah. we're watching the game. The living room is full of people at the party. We've kind of taken over the spare bedroom where there's TV. And as they start to come back into this thing, as you mentioned, the name Angelo Esposito gets one. Tavares gets a hat trick. Um, it's a huge game. That's Tukarski. Uh, you heard the clip there in our opening segment uh, as he robs Colin Wilson, I believe it was, uh, wide yep. open in front. Um, and to me, by the end of it, there's probably 15 people at this New Year's Eve party. 
maybe five of them are hardcore hockey fans, but there's 12 people standing at the end of the game watching it. It just, it was one of those games, man, that, that sort of cemented this idea of the New Year's Eve classic, right? You better be playing a Sweden or a Russia or a USA on New Year's Eve. Um, and that, you know, again, cemented the John Tavares would not be back after being drafted. He's playing in the NHL and, uh, whatever, but him getting the hat trick in the first period to, uh, to pull it back. Yeah. And, and, and that was, if you recall, man, that was, are you at that game? No, no, not that one. No, I am not at that game. I am, I am at my own lame um, <laughs> New Year's party, and and at three nothing, I'm like, this was what was going to salvage my evening, right? Yeah. Me? And so I'm, I'm elsewhere, and then I come back, and it's three three. I've missed the three, the three goals. Okay, no. And then, and then I am super invested. But you got guys skating by the opposition benches, guys getting sticking sticks off the elbow, benches. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like. It got crazy heated, and and that was really what it, people looked for. There was a, I, I want to say five, six, seven years where every New Year's it was a Canada U.S. game, That's right. yeah. and they just sort of made that happen. Yeah, and so yeah, that is a well because sort of, the, the very next year they're in Saskatoon. Like somehow somebody else backed out or cancels. It's either Saskatoon or Calgary. I can't remember. It was one and then the other. Saskatoon. And that's Nazem Kadri's on that team and Alex Petrangelo. And um, on New Year's Eve, Canada's down again. And I'm having a New Year's Eve party at my place that night. And again, the World Juniors now are are killing it, right? Like in terms of killing the buzz of the party by losing. And they come back in the third period. Kadri wins it in the shootout. So Canada beats the USA that night. But they go on to uh, to lose the tournament. John Carlson uh, in overtime in the gold medal game scores, uh, to win that tournament. But that was another night. Cause like I said, it's 2010. It's only a year later. Eberle scores late again, twice, I believe in the third period to tie that up, bring it back to overtime. And you think this magic is going to continue, but fucking John Carlson comes down and ruins I was going to say, you know, who was on the U S team, John Carlson and was Martin and Jack jo- Campbell was Martin Jones. Not, was he not the Canadian goalie? He was, I don't know if he was at that moment. We had two that we kept switching between, I think it was him and Jake Allen kept trading the net and we weren't settled on either of them, which turned out to be pretty reasonable uh, to not get super comfortable with either one. If uh, you have two ones, you don't have a one. You do not have a one. And, uh, but it was Jack Campbell in goal for the U S uh, I believe at that point, because going into that tournament, one of the things I remember who was the, uh, the Canadian defenseman ended up in Nashville, played for Windsor. Ellis. Ryan Ellis. There was a TSN feature after the gold medal game that was back at the there because they boarded together at the same um, same house, right? Same family was billeting them. And they did a TSN feature that, you know, Jack Campbell just kept like he would beat Ryan Ellis by like one point in like Monopoly or something with the billet family. Like they did this feature that he kept beating Ryan Ellis. So you can have some fun with it at, at some point, right? But uh, yeah, that 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 is often forgotten. The Jordan Eberle in 2010 was a hero again to get you back to overtime in the gold medal game, but just couldn't finish the job. What 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 more do you want me to do? Right, somebody else do fucking something. Exactly, man. My I can only hold up so much. As we head into this year's edition of the tournament, we had uh, Bob McKenzie on a week and a half ago. Close personal friend, obviously. Uh, Good show. Yeah. So he was saying, I asked him that, you know, what do you make of this team, this group, 
who's coming forward because often you can sort of trace it back. If one team keeps winning the under 18s and the under 17s, that age group probably yeah. has is dominant. Yeah, an advantage coming into World Juniors. And I just asked him, can we measure that the same way as we normally do because of the pandemic and how many guys have missed games and seasons being shut down? And and he said that that is a factor, but that if you trace it back to him, the Russians with this age group have been the best uh, thus far, but that he wouldn't necessarily make them the favorite in this tournament. Um, it'll come down to the same group that it always seems to come down to. He says the Finns are going to be stronger again than usual, kind of punching above their weight. The Americans may be taking a slight step back from last year, but certainly not out of medal contention. Didn't have much to say about the Swedes. Canada, of course, always in the mix, but I don't know, man. This is always a bit of a crapshoot going into it, but with uh, the amount of time that junior hockey's been up and down over the last year or so, sort of what are you expecting coming out of this one? Yeah, it, it to me, it, it's super interesting. And, and you always count on, you know, it seems to me like the Russians seem to come in uber talented mm-hmm. right like just slick and and somehow find a way to not do it unless of course it's buffalo and they're coming back on 2011 dave, yeah. dave cameron and the <laughs> oh wait whoops same co- oh same, no oh nuts same coach but, same guy um, who lost the world junior memorial cup and ohl championship all in one season bring that guy back Oh, he's right here now. Come back from Austria, pride of the 67s. Um, Not pride yeah. of the Senators. Shame yeah, of the well, Senators. Okay, well, you know what? I don't blame Dave for that. No. There is a, uh, you know, a Corey Clouston, a, you know. John Paddock. No, uh, yeah, John Paddock. <laughs> it's not a strong mustache game and not a strong haircut, right? So it's it's really, it's 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 not good. I'm trying to think of who the bug-eyed walrus was in between his name escapes. Oh, he's a leaf now. Paul Paul McLean. Yes. Yeah. And just, you know, they got demons under their fucking bed. (laughs) There's a bunch of coaches (laughs) along the way. And you're like, come on, man, what are we doing here? Um, Bug-eyed walrus. That's uh, Merry Christmas to you, Paul McLean. Hope you're listening. We love you. (laughs) Yeah. One again, uh, in a bunch of things that, that was that Hab series. And one of the Habs said, I don't care what that fat bug-eyed walrus has to say. Um, but you're losing if you're dropping those kinds of quotes, you're losing. Um, but I, I am super interested in, in, because again, when your team is not good as Ottawa is not, you always have a bunch of prospects playing in the tournament. So to me, there's a nice, there's a nice spread of them. A couple on the fins, right? Uh, you have the OHL player of the month in, uh, Levi Marilyn, the goalie in Kingston, mm-hmm. right? You have Yoravente, again, who's in, been playing in, in Belleville. He's there. You have the two uh, defensemen on Team USA in Clevin and Sanderson. And then, of course, the uh, Ridley Gregg in, in playing for Canada. So it's uh, – I, I, I really have no idea. I think last year when you look at the Americans and how good they're going to be, they have some returning guys as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're returning six guys. Yeah. Um. What they're not returning is the goalie. Yeah. That guy was, uh, you know, I think his name was uh, Spencer Knight. Yeah, but recently demoted to the minors. <laughs> He's a nobody. Yeah. yeah. Well, when they, and I don't know what it says about that guy when they, when you're 
now obviously they're sending him down to get lots of ice yes. time because because well, and brought, cap space they badly needed to be able to call guys up. <laughs> well, and, and they brought in the the absolute sieve from that has been getting just railed in in Colorado, Yo Yo, Jonas Johansson, right? <laughs> oh no. That's, yeah, that, did you see that? They claimed Don't do him it. On, no, I didn't. Yeah, they claimed him on waivers. That's they, oh, they sent, and then they sent Spencer. Anyways, goalie the Bob's Americans, getting a run here. The 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 Americans to me that was they were backboned by the the swagger that Knight brought last year, right? And 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 so I'll be super interested to see who dominates this tournament, right? Is it the is it the draft eligible Russian kid? You have his name, I know. Uh, Marosh Nachenkov. That guy, Ivan Maroshnichenkov, um, or is it going to be Shane Wright, right? Like, or, or is it going to be Jake Sanderson? Who is going to be, you know, the most dominant? Is it going to be Topi Nimala? Okay, I don't think so, but uh, he's a Leaf third rounder who's leading the Finnish men's league in scoring for defensemen. Um, who's been named back to this team and, and he's getting some buzz. He will not dominate the tournament, but he, how will. about the finish? How about the Finnish guy named Barry Smith or whatever his name Love is? Those he's, guys. He, yeah. He's in this tournament too. I can't think of his name. Another. What was the Euler long time? Not in a, he wasn't a world junior. Dennis. It, there was a uh, Russian guy, Dennis something uh, that I, I just, it always made me laugh. He had this big, long Russian last name, but his first name was Dennis. I always thought that was uh, kind of okay, weird. Uh, like to, me, the, to me, the guy is is the Swedish guy named Douglas Murray. That's Swedish, but uh, yeah. That's what I said. Did I say Swedish? I don't remember. Maybe not. I, I, yeah, I think I said Swedish. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. And, and Doug again, Murray. You're like, all right. Doug Murray, not, not a Swede, <laughs> right? But it's all those names you're like, oh, okay, what's happening there? Yeah. It, to me, there's a few storylines to watch. One of the guys to watch, and you mentioned in goal, I think they're expecting for the Americans, Drew Comesso is going to run the the table there. He was supposed to be on the team last year, and then at the last second had a close contact just before they left, and he was sort of, obviously Spencer Knight was going to be the guy, but I think he was expected to be the, the number two there. Um, he's eligible and like has had a good year thus far. They um, were running down some of his numbers in the athletic this week. He looks to be, maybe not Spencer Knight, right? But looks to be legit. And I wonder, you know, the American teams, they rarely show up lacking swagger, whether oh, it's well, earned yeah. or not. But yeah. they'll they'll show up with that. And, and But they seem pretty happy with the goaltending they're going to have there. And there's a lot of talk that they probably have the best blue line in the tournament, which will be interesting to see how it plays out. That will be, of course, led by uh, the Sens' Jake Sanderson. Jake Sanderson, yep. He was great last year, and now he's got another year under his belt. He's been tearing up the NCAA, so that'll be for sure a guy that I'm sure Senators fans will want to watch. And there's a sense that, yeah, the the forward group has taken a bit of a, a step back. Matt Beniers will still be uh, a big part of that and kind of lead the charge, but you know, maybe their forward group has taken a bit of a step back. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, yeah, the, you mentioned the Russians. Um, there is a defenseman who is, uh, is, he's just sort of every kind of a Nick Lidstrom type named Makarov. I don't have his first name here in front of me. I thought I did. It's somehow been deleted. Um, but he's just sort of, he's not crazy rushing the puck. He's not like the most physical, whatever. He's just sort of always in the right position. And then, yeah, Mitchkov, um, Matt V. Mitchkov is the kid's name. He's 16 years old for the Russians, and he's already being projected to probably be the number one pick in 2023. 
and he's made the team. We'll see what that's going to look like. And then, yeah, of course, Ivan Moroshnikov is is challenging Shane Wright of Canada to be the number one pick this year. So the well, Russian team will be dangerous. It's always depth with them, right? It's always what's... And goaltending. Yep. And, and they're going to go back to Yaroslav Askarov, who this will be his third World Junior wow, Tournament. You know what? Under the radar, man. I did not even know that he was eligible. Yeah, and well, we're going to see. Can you hold on to your fucking stick this year, right? Like, if you remember in that semifinal, yeah. like, through the tournament, he kept dropping his stick. It seemed like a bit much. But Canada got four out of their five goals on that guy, just dropping his stick for no goddamn reason before they finally yanked him in the semifinal last year. But yeah, Skarov is back um, well, and should have- be one of the... is projected, if he keeps his shit together, to maybe be the best goalie in the tournament. Yeah, and and if you look at you talking about the sixteen year old Russian, um, Mitchkov. Yeah, there is the sixteen year old Canadian Bedard. Yeah, Connor right? Bedard. Which which looks to name be, your kid uh, Connor, folks. If you're putting him in hockey, name your kid Connor. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, it it really comes down to yeah, all kinds of there's all kinds of storylines here for you. And and again, I know you're familiar, but anybody out there listening who's not familiar, when when it comes down to a Canada USA game. If it does, um, watch to, to watch for Tyler Clevin on defense, right? That is a that is a big body. I, I don't know what he's going to turn into in the NHL, but he is a guy. US, at, yeah, yeah a, a guy playing at North Dakota, sends draft pick, big body that can skate and likes to hammer people. So I'm going to hate that <laughs> this week coming up. Uh, I hope to love it in the future, but we'll wait and we'll see. But that's somebody to watch for in this tournament who who will blow you up down the wall or, or, or cutting through open ice. He, he loves the body. So love the some, body. Yeah. Something to watch for too. Well, we should take a look here as we zoom in on team Canada. We'll see how things are going to look. Obviously we've sort of been robbed of a couple opportunities to, to look at these pre-tournament games is obviously with the, the increase in everything that's gone on. They shrunk down the number of pre-tournament games in a big way. But the, the biggest thing that that was going to impact for Canada was the, uh, conversation about who was going to be the starting goalie is they just brought three guys to camp. So these are our three guys. We're going to ride that out and figure it out through the yeah. pre-tournament. And they didn't have the opportunity to do it. So Brett Brochu has been by far the best Canadian goalie in the OHL there with the London Knights. And he sort of went undrafted. Like he's kind of an unheralded guy, um, but that has had a very good year. Dylan Garand was on the team last year as a, uh, as a part of the team with uh, Devin Levi, um, so he's going to have an opportunity to play there and I'm blanking on the third name right now. Well, I, and I'm not helping you. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the goaltending conversation remains wide open. One of the interesting things, this will be the first time in, I'm sure as long as either one of us can remember, they've brought no right-handed defensemen on the team. Um, they only had one or two in consideration. One got cut, one tested positive before going to camp. So that's it. You're running six. Um, Mike Left. Babcock would not approve. No, he would not. Uh, but Owen Power, it looks like they're going to keep Owen Power separated from Caden Gooley. And those are both left-handed guys who will play the left side. Both uh, first-round picks, um, Owen Power to Buffalo, Caden Gooley to Montreal. Those will be your kind of stabilizing guy. Early looks, it seems like Zellweger is going to play the right side with Power. And he's going to also man the second power play unit. I like early on what I've seen, man. I, I always wonder when you bring the 16-year-old, and I'm going to ask you a bit more about this in a second, like they have with Connor Bedard, 
are you just going to, you know, spot him in 13th forward here and there? Are you going to let him try and play? And it does look like for five on five minutes, they're going to make him work for it, but he is on that second power play unit. And I think, you know, on the PP like that, he could be super dynamic, but on that first unit, it's, it's all your big guys, right? Mason McTavish is going to play the net front down there. Shane Wright is on there. Owen Power is on there. So there's some names to watch, but those that defense is going to be carried by by power and uh, by power, but uh, by Owen Power <laughs> and by Caden Cooley, and then of course Zellweger on top of that, and then up front, man, there's there's some names. Mason McTavish had a decent start with the Ducks before being returned to Peterborough, so he could play in this tournament. He's got skill, but he's sort of one of those guys that gets under your skin a bit and doesn't mind kind of mucking it up. Yeah. Uh, Cole Profetti coming back, a Winnipeg Jets first rounder who was there last year. He's going to put up points. Um, Gunther from the, I believe he's playing for the Vancouver Giants, uh, coming in and, and he looks like he's going to be really solid. Like there's some pieces here, man, that this could be a team that puts up a lot of goals. You referenced off the top though, that it's always hard to read through the round Robin when you're, you know, there's five big hockey powers and every year three end up in one pool, two end up in the other. And it's hard to kind of read your, your team through the round Robin when you're the one with just two. Right. And doubling back, there's a bunch of things you dropped there because I, I I would throw Ridley Gregg into that mix too in terms of a guy who's tearing it up in in uh, in Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a guy who you've talked about. Uh, I think they got him penciled in right now at third line center. But this is a guy not a who, bad spot for him. I don't think. Yeah, but this is a guy who can who who brings a pile of jam too, which I think when you look at the Mason McTavishes of the world and the Ridley Greggs. Uh, and and the Caden Ghoulies, right? I know Ghoulie was there mm-hmm. last year, and uh, but more of that, you need to sort of sprinkle in a little bit more raisin into your oatmeal because to me, <laughs> to me, there needs to be a bit more, you know, grit in your undercarriage because because really, no, it less is. less grit in my undercarriage, please. <laughs> <laughs> but Merry Christmas. That, that, is, that is the thing, and 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 if I could ask you, Matt. Mm-hmm. With with the Connor Bedard selection, the number of sixteen year olds who've played for Canada in this tournament. Any idea? Six or eight. Okay, can you can you name any? Gretzky. Yep. Jay Bo. Yep. Crosby. Yep. McDavid. Yep. Spez. Spez. Uh, I might be out. Yeah, okay. Um Tavares, I believe. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, how about the name Bill Campbell? Oh, I was next on my, <laughs> obviously going to spit that oh, out next. Honestly, Jack's honestly, dad. God. Yeah. And, and sorry, you did say Connor McDavid. Yeah? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they never use them. They don't yeah. trust. Like Hockey Canada doesn't trust these kids. And Well, and you had, you had, you had Spez and, and Jabo yep. in the same year. Yep. They were 16 year olds together. And right. you're like, man, those guys are going to. Like it's but, often enough, like sometimes a Shane Wright doesn't get selected. Last year. Oh, yeah, sure. But I mean, even as a 17 year old, sometimes we don't do that. Like if you're undrafted, sometimes you don't get the, get the shot. I know Shane Wright's expected to go first overall. So maybe a special case, but Canada often leans away from, nah, this is 18 and 19 year olds only. And we don't go with the 17 or the 16 year old. And the 16 year old, you have to be special. 17, I think we could often look, you know, to, to guys that maybe have a bit more to bring you, right? And and Shane Wright, I don't know. We'll see what he's got this year. He was sort of holding um, the spot 
on the number one center units through the first couple practices for Ken Johnston, who, you know, had to come back across the border and isolate and whatever. Right. With him playing in practice, that number one center spot, I assume that's going to be Johnson and Shane Wright and Connor Bedard will be your extra forwards. Like they don't trust the young guys. Hockey Canada almost never does. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think you're probably going to, cause if you look at Shane Wright and how he dominated the, the U18s yep. last year after not playing the entire season. Right. Yeah. And now I, I, I'm, Bedard I'm, not, too. I'm not super. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not super familiar with, with the sort of the last month, but I do know that, that Shane Wright had an underwhelming mm-hmm. start to the OHL season, right? And, and I say underwhelming, like he may have been at a point a game. Loser. Or, yeah, I know. But for a guy who had 35 goals or whatever it was in his in his 16-year, yeah. um, I'll, I'll be interested. But if you're bringing a couple of guys, uh, I, I like Shane Wright's chances a lot more as an 18-year-old than I do – Bedard's as a as a legit 16 year old one of the things as you referenced there with Shane Wright that uh, Bob McKenzie mentioned on the show last week was that he thought the OHL was trailing behind the WHL and the QMJHL this year both of whom last year played yeah got more games not a ton of games right but some more games where the O didn't play at all he said like just anecdotally he said I wouldn't tell you one's 20%, 30%, 10% 20%, 30%, 10% ahead of the other, but just the scouts he's talking to and from what he's seeing himself and, and his son, Mike, is the, the general manager there, the Kitchener Ranger, so he's got a good eye on things too, just about where the league is at, you know, compared to uh, other leagues. And like a guy like Cole Perfetti that we're seeing come back, he's been playing for the Manitoba Moose instead of in junior hockey this year. And just in terms of using your body and like, he's not a super physical guy, but he's been playing men, right? And in yeah. most of the time, you don't get to do that. You don't have Let's guys who are playing in the A. See my, my, um, my minor scout contact who goes to uh, many Belleville Center games on a regular basis. Right. He was a uh, good dude. He caught the two Moose games two weeks ago. Um, when Manitoba was rolling through and he said, Cole Perfetti, skill undeniable, looks super uninterested to be in, <laughs> in, in Belleville on an early December. I get that. Uh, We've all been super uninterested to be in yeah, Belleville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he was saying the body language was horrible. Okay. But, um, but uh, as he said, you know, the skill looked great on the ice, but yeah. coming coming back to the bench – looking around like, what are we, where were you on that play? Right. What are you doing? Like there was a lot of sour faced. Um, so mm. uh, again, we, we understand that, you know, but you're right. You can't deny that. And this is more of a men's league in the AHL than it was last year. Yeah. Right. Sure. There was. And, and I think, I think as, as you and Bob talked about on the show, right. Dio was also very young this year. Yeah. They, they have, they have really, there's a lot of guys who have gone from the league who, who left after last year and, and uh, Ottawa is one of them, but a lot of teams have gone very young because Jamie Drysdale gone, yep. you know, um, what's his name from Sudbury, who's an LA draft pick. Quentin Byfield. Played, Quentin Byfield, you know, Cole Perfetti, all these guys, AHL, I mean, OHL guys who, because there was no games, they met the criteria for games played in the AHL last year. Yeah. And, and and were eligible to play again this year and not coming back to their OHL, whereas that didn't happen in the queue or in the dub. True, man. And I think that's going to make a bit of a difference here. And we'll see, you know, I assume 
when Cole Perfetti gets in a Canada jersey and back into camp, you know, he'll re-engage and stuff like that. But it, it, in theory, you know, playing against men should be good for you versus, you know, kind of dominating for, your... For sure. And that was really just a yeah su- a side story. Well, it's worth and mentioning, I, for sure. And, and I think, I think yeah, he'll get back and he'll have a chance to to be dominant and lead on this team. Yeah. No. And, you know, a ton of skill there as well. So we'll see how this is all going to shake loose for me. Uh, last thing I guess I'd mention, you know, after we sort of went in on Team Canada here, the two guys I'll be watching probably most as a Leaf guy. I referenced earlier on Topi Nimala, who, um, you know, was a third round pick from Toronto. And no one expected at that point that it was a great pick or a terrible pick. It was just a third round pick. And, um, but it was in that 2020 draft where everything was thrown off a bit and you were sort of throwing darts at the at the board and hoping for the best and he's gone on to like I said he's leaving uh, leading the Finnish league um in uh, points for a defenseman there's talk that it's maybe moved up his development a bit you wouldn't bring him over this year and drop him in on the Leafs but depending on how things go for him over there could he get some games in with the Marlies and maybe by middle of next year be ready to come in and then the Leafs have a, a center who's going to be the captain for Team Finland named Roni Hervinen so it looks like a lot of Ontario hockey fans will be watching quite a bit of Team Finland this year yep. um, Hervinen not quite as you know I think he's being rewarded for his leadership more than his top end skill but uh, that'll be something to watch for well and it's interesting because to me the guys in the Finnish league and in the Swedish elite league the the underage guys the guys who actually are thriving in that league it says something because those those first divisions over there, the, the Simliga and and the SEL, yep. they don't care about junior age guys. No. They care about production. Yep. Right. If 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 you want development, you're down in the, in the second division or in the junior. Yeah. Right. So if you're they, up there, it's because you can play. This is it. And so so it, it's legitimate when those guys who are thriving at that age at, at that at that point at that age level. Yeah, it's 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 for real. Right. Anything else for this one, man? Well, I I do want you to I do want to touch on our our annual Thatcher Demko award. Okay. So you have taken this upon yourself this year because honestly, uh, similar to the uh, Jalobniak uh, discussion, I've dropped the ball here a little bit. Every year, I will typically uh, take something, and it started several years ago with Thatcher Demko. And I just looked at that and it almost reminds me, you probably haven't even seen this movie, Slapshot 2. No. Okay. Uh, and there are three of them, if you can believe it. The third one is terrible. It was turned into like a Disney movie where like kids have to play hockey to save the orphanage or something <laughs> awful like that. Uh, Slapshot 2, it was not a great movie, but it at least held the uh, held the the feel or the theme of the first one, despite it coming out several years later. And... Um, you know, it's, it's a rough and tumble chiefs team that's playing against a a bunch of pretty boy, uh, NCAA players. And, um, it, it, it just reminded me this name Thatcher Demko, right? When you name your kid Thatcher Demko, you come from money and you have been sent to a, you know, top NCAA school and Thatcher Demko was the guy who started it for me. And for several years, I would look for the most NCAA sounding name that existed in the term. guys like Tage Thompson. I remember, yep. I think, won it right after Thatcher Demko. There's been other guys in there. You've taken it and run with it this year. And it sounds like you have found a name for this year's Thatcher Demko oh. award winner. Well, so, so to me, they always lead 
lead the tournament in guys named Wyatt. Yes. Brock. <laughs> For sure, Logan, Brock's. Logan. Yeah. Tanner. Tanners. Like, these these names are, but I uh, to me an interesting name. They have a guy named Red Savage. Oh no. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't name your kid Red Savage. You're going to offend everybody. I have two options for you to consider, Matt. Right? This isn't the same as someone going Savage on Red, is it? This is no. Okay, this is, to- this is totally different. Matt, okay, but thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> um, I-, I present to you a Logan Cooley. All right. And a Chaz Lucius. It's Chaz Lucius. It, of course it's Chaz Lucius. <laughs> Get out of here with Logan Cooley. It's Chaz Lucius. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. There's, there's, there's no way around it. Right? You, you From a Luscious to a Lucius, right? Yeah. Dubbed this year. Chaz Lucius is this year's Thatcher Demko D-Bag Award winner. Love it, man. Chaz Lucius. Gorgeous guy. You know he's going to be such a D-bag. Uh, did you see, just before we wrap this up, this past week, we saw another uh, Trevor Zegers award winner down in uh, in the Western Hockey League. Uh, it might have been in Portland. Another guy lobbing it up over the net. Somebody batting it in. We got another I one. Did, I did not see that. Okay. It's catching on, man. It's catching on. John Tortorella is not going to be okay with this. He's going to be... No. And I do wonder... I do wonder if maybe John Tortorella was right because John Tortorella said, this is, this is going to be bad for our game when Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano did it. And ever since then, the cases have skyrocketed. Teams are being shut down. (laughs) Things have gotten bad across the league, man. Things are bad for the NHL ever since the Zegers um, and Sonny Milano. Tortorella was right. It's been bad for the game. Clearly, it's it's there's a bit of a uh, an epidemic that's followed. Oh yes, glad you used that word. That's uh, at least it's isolated as an epidemic. Yes. Well, wind this one down here. It's been another Christmas Eve edition of the Talk and Audio Podcast as we tee up another World Juniors. Um, it's been a good one, man. I hope you and the uh, and the family have a good Christmas, and uh, you know we'll obviously be watching the tournament as we go, and we'll have more to say later on. Yep. All the best to you, my friend, and all the Robinsons as we move out from there. Yeah, and uh, to you, good listener, as well. Um, Oh, yeah, and sorry, you too, the good listener. Yeah, (laughs) forgot you were here. Um, You know, But that's how we run the show. That's how this goes. Yeah. The listener is just invited along in a conversation amongst friends. For sure. And uh, so we'll wind this one down here. It has been a rough couple of weeks. We may have a couple more rough weeks ahead of us, but take these couple of days, take the time that you have with some family to just enjoy it and try and just try and forget about everything going on in the world and, and take down everything good. There's, It's been a battle. It's been a slog. We've all gone through it. You've gone through it. You deserve a little bit of a break. As I always say on these things, if you're having a pint or two with us as you listen to this, lose your fucking keys. Um, and from all of us here at the Tall Can Audio Podcast, Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. It's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! You guys know what time it is? You all been good and practicing real hard. Yeah. Clients, you've been, you've been rehearsing real hard now. 
So Santa bring you a new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good or what? Oh, that's not many, not many. You guys are in trouble out here. <laughs> and you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice. 